Hey, I'm Stacy. And I'm Casey. And this is the Self Care Project Podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness and how it works into our lives as busy professionals, moms, and entrepreneurs. Come sit with us as we spill the tea on how we still manage to take time for ourselves and make self care a priority. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And of course, share with your friends. Hope you enjoy. All right. Good morning. I am here with Casey, my co-host. Um, I am Stacy, and this is the Self-Care Project Podcast. Today, we are getting right back to where we were before, where we are talking about habits. And uh, Casey and I had both read the Atomic Habits book by James Clear, and we just kind of wanted to break that down for you guys. So we talked about habits. We talked about how to build good habits. And today we're going to talk about how to break a bad habit, which, you know, a lot of what James Clear is talking about is positive reinforcement in his book. But we do have, you know, we can continue to make good habits. But what do we do with the bad habits that we're having a hard time replacing with good habits? And so that's where Casey and I are going to go today. Um, I... (laughs) nobody likes to think that they have bad habits. Nobody wants to admit that they have something that they, that they do that's, that's bad or that's sabotaging their progress or whatever it is. Uh, and and it could be something as simple as like, I'm biting my nails. I'm not eating breakfast in the morning. I, or it could be something really detrimental to your health where it's like, I'm smoking cigarettes or, um, I'm having a, I'm drinking too much coffee or things like that. So, um, or it could be even worse than that. So, um, Casey, tell me, give me your thoughts on, on the good habit, bad habit. I think for me, bad habits is one of those things. Like I struggle a little bit with like labeling things. And some of that is through like the mindset work that I've done. Right. So like change my mindset allowing myself grace, like allowing myself to find forgiveness, because I used to be one of those people that I like really beat myself up if I wasn't doing, if I like something didn't get done. Right. But what I have found in the stage of life that I'm in, in this season is that I've almost taken it a little too far and I've lost some accountability to myself. So I find myself like almost with bad. And again, bad habits, good habits. I would say habits that aren't supporting my goals. I'm finding ways to justify them and being like, it's fine. Like I can always do it tomorrow. Um, there's always, you know, tomorrow's a new day. It's a new opportunity. And all of those things are, are correct. But I think it's really important that we have to check in with ourselves and take some inventory on how many days are we having days where it's like, I know I really need to do that, but it's totally fine. And I'm going to sit here instead. And I'm going to watch Netflix because I've done all these other things today and I'm just tired and I just don't want to do that. And And when when the next day turns into 10 days later, then you're like, okay, crap. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just in truth for you guys right now, like this is a cycle that I'm, that I'm in right now. Like we just went through a move, um, My husband just came in for a few weeks. So like that alone was like, you know, for me, it was like, I literally everything basically like went out the window, you know, that was, that was three and a half weeks of family time that we needed. And I, and for that, like, I, I have no, I have no remorse over the things that I didn't get done during that time. Like we literally were, we're moving. 
we were trying to spend that family time that we were going to get because, right. you know, they're gone again. Um, well, and for people who don't know and who might not understand that, I mean, they're legit is a solid reintegration period. So, you know, while we're happy to have our spouses home for this little break in between, you have, you have two to three weeks of a reintegration period and then they leave. So you don't yeah. even get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. <laughs> and part of that reintegration, and it, I was listening to um, somebody talk about it the other day, and uh, part of the reintegration is doing things that that you don't normally do in your everyday life all the time. But when you're deployed, you don't ever get to do those. So it might be like eating, eating Taco Bell five days in a row or, you know, or watching the, watching a movie every night and having a beer or having a glass of wine with your partner, because when that's something that you might do on a Friday or Saturday night, but not every single night, but now that you're in this reintegration time, you're doing those things every day. And so that's really kind of hard for a lot of people to understand so I, I'm glad that you shared that Casey, cause that's huge, especially if we have people who are yep. listening from like, uh, that are military spouses. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, but I mean, it's just like, I was so glad that this was our topic today because, um, this is kind of where I'm at, like right now is I'm like, I'm in this, I'm in this spot where I have got to make some of these habits that are not supporting my goals. I need to take myself through this process that we're about to talk about, because this is where I'm at. Like I've, there's been so much going on and I feel like that I've not been able to get a handle on it and it just keeps snowballing. And now we're back in school and we homeschool. And so like my morning times are really dedicated to school and to the kids. Um, I have one that does an online school, but the other two, like I am their teacher and they require, you know, I have to be there. I have to be present. I can't just task them and leave them to their own devices. Um, so this is really an important step for me right now. So I'm really, really excited for us to dig into this and share it with our listeners today. Okay. So we both made some notes. Um, I'm going to go through and we'll, there are four different ways, four different laws that James Clear talks about in how to break these habits. And so um, the first one he said was make it invisible. I know in one of the other podcasts that we talked about, we talked about reducing your exposure to things. So as a nutrition coach and a trainer, one of the things that I coach my clients on is you don't have to get rid of everything in your, in your pantry, but if you're sitting down and watching Netflix and eating an entire bag of potato chips, then <laughs> reduce your exposure to that. Does that mean that you can't have potato chips in your house? Well, I mean, maybe, but we don't have to go that extreme. Just put them out of sight. And so I noticed the other day I had, um, I had gone through and cleaned the pantry and I noticed that there were some things in there that I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, but they were things that aren't helping me meet my goals right now. Does that mean that this, that the bad habit of grabbing the, you know, chocolate covered coconut, something or another, or the tortilla chips that are in there? is that there's a lot of talk around food freedom and things like that. But if I have a certain goal and I'm working towards that goal over the next so many weeks, then I need to reduce my exposure to those things so that I can reach my goal. Does that mean that I'm going to eliminate that food forever? Nope. It just means that in order to reach this goal, does it mean that it's a bad food? Nope. Just means in order to reach this goal, I need to reduce the amount of chocolate covered coconut that I'm eating. Right. And so, um, 
also removing cues was the other thing. And so, you know, there's, there's triggers, right. That we have, and not a lot of people who are in my space now know this about me, but I used to be a, um, I was a smoker for a long time. And one of the triggers for me for smoking, when I decided that I was going to quit, one of the triggers for me for smoking was drinking coffee. So I would have my coffee in the morning and I would want to have a cigarette. And the, what, the first thing that I did when I decided that I wanted to quit smoking was I stopped having that coffee in the morning. Now, not smoking and not having caffeine made me not a very <laughs> pleasant person to be around, but it worked because that was a trigger for me. And so um, I'll come back to that later with some of the other ones. But Casey, tell me how, um, whether you're working with clients or in your own space, or how might you use making it invisible and reducing exposure to help you meet these, to help break these habits that you have right now? Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same, I think it's the same thing. It is that approach it's identifying. Um, I think one of the first steps is like identifying and knowing sometimes really what those triggers are. And then that way you come up with a plan in order to somehow eliminate them, or like you said, make them less visible. Um, so like for me, um, for instance, right now, like I'm really bad at when the kids get to bed, when I could be productive I'm sitting down on my couch and I'm turning on Netflix. And while that's not necessarily a bad thing, like legit, I was up until after midnight last night watching a movie because right. I was over at a friend's house there. She's leaving town. We had a get together. I didn't get home until 10. Literally all of my kids were still awake and they're usually in bed between seven 30 and nine because then that's my time. And I was like, I still want my time where what I should have done was <laughs> taking my butt to bed. <laughs> I didn't do that. And so for me, it's one of those things where I'm like putting the remote in the drawer of the end table to where then it's like, it's not sitting right there in front of me. I don't walk into the living room and it's sitting there on the couch and it's like wanting me, which is then the first thing I'm going to do is walk straight to it, turn on the TV and I'm going to sit down um, right. And lose out all my sleep because we talked about how important sleep is. We know how, it, how important it is. So it's, it's those little things too. I mean, it's something as simple as like putting the remote in the drawer, you know, getting up right. instead of sitting, sitting down, not allowing myself to, you know, sit down on the couch. If I need to be productive, sit down at the table or sit down at my desk instead of sitting down on the couch, because I love my couch. My couch is really comfortable. <laughs> and there are times I, right? where. I can sit on it with my computer and I can get a little bit of work done. And sometimes having that environment where like maybe the TV's on and the computer's on and I'm kind of doing both. It kind of depends on what my mindset is at that point, but it's, it's that it's, um, and you know, instead of going into the living room, instead of seeing the remote and turning on the TV, going into my office space or sitting down at my dining room table to where then that's where I know I'm going to sit and be able to focus and be more productive. Right. Okay. So let's, let me touch on a few other things. So one thing that you could do could be to remove Netflix from your television like that would, but do, do we need to take it all the way away? Maybe not. Maybe we just need to make it more difficult to get to. Um, one of the other things is taking the notifications off of your phone. If you're somebody who's constantly scrolling, you're constantly being distracted by what's going on on your phone. I've turned the notifications off on my phone before. Um, you talked about putting the remote in the drawer. Um, I mentioned canceling Netflix or like taking the app off of your TV. So you have to actually like go through a whole process to make it difficult to find it. Um, 
and then maybe even removing Facebook or Instagram from your phone. So then that way you, when you're out and you're doing things, you're more engaged and more present. And then you choose a time when you go and do that, especially for those of us who are in the social media um, networking Mm -hmm. space, you know, you, we really get consumed by social media. Um, So those are some things. And then as far as like, so the smoking thing, I, I got rid of my cue. I got rid of my trigger, but then also not like getting rid of them. You know, you see that and Mm -hmm. there's a trigger there. Um, So those kinds of things are all really, really helpful in breaking that bad habit. So the first one was to make it invisible, right? To reduce, to reduce the exposure. Um, The second one was to make it unattractive. And James Clear says to reframe your mindset, highlight the benefits of avoiding the bad habits. Um, My notes on this were to, um, to change how you feel about it. So I, when I quit smoking, I really kind of thought about how bad it was for my health and how, what was actually happening to my body. My grandmother at the time was struggling with lung cancer. And so there was all these things that were really making this terrible habit that I had really unattractive. And so I was able to, um, I was able to reframe that in my mind. And every time I thought about it, it was like, ew, (laughs) right? Ew, Mm -hmm. David. (laughs) So, um, how can, how can we make, how can we make watching like spending too much time watching Netflix or staying up too late? How can you make that unattractive? I think for me, it's like, when we talk about reframing the mindset is having that, that daily check-in with myself. And sometimes throughout the whole day of being like, okay, like, what are your goals for today? Like, how is this? And there's literally been times, um, in the past where like, I've gone to sit down and I've literally was like, no, you're not turning on the TV. You're going to go sit at your desk and you're going to work. Like, you know, you need to do these things. So having that accountability to yourself, um, we just talked about this. I literally just said, I'm, I'm making a list today of what I need to do. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know that that is a strategy that works for me. So for me, it's like almost like, yes, you make it unattractive. But I think for me, one of the ways that it helps make it unattractive is just, is by, reminding myself daily and consistently of what it is that I want to accomplish and what my goals are and how this is not supporting my goals and saying that to myself, like, this is not Mm -hmm. supporting your goal. This is not going to get the work done. Like if you sit down, this is going to be time that you cannot get back. And so sometimes it's that it's not necessarily for me, it's not necessarily like, this is bad. This isn't good for you. It's literally saying, these are your goals. These are your goals. Right. So reminding myself of what my goals are immediately makes sitting down on the couch and binge watching something an unattractive habit because it doesn't support my goal. Perfect. So instead of beating yourself up about it or, you know, depending on what it is, you know, it's like, it's almost like you can still reframe it in a way where it kind of keeps your mindset on a, in a positive frame of mind, mm-hmm. but again, also then making the habit unattractive because it's like, listen, I I need to get this done. I've, you know, I've, I've sat on this for far too long. I've got all these things and, you know, I've had a running list in my head for weeks and I've known all of these things, but like, there's been a lot going on in the last like three and a half weeks for me. And so I'm like, things have been, things have definitely like slipped through the cracks in a major way. Um, 
So it's that it's getting myself back on track. It's making the, those lists that I know work for me. Um, and just constantly saying to myself, like, you said you were going to do this, so go get it done. This is not supporting right. your goals. Well, yes, and exactly. Asking yourself like, all right, is this getting me where I want to go? And we, you know, is at a big conference this weekend, this past week, where we talked a lot about your goals and what it takes to get there. And if you have really, you have really hefty goals, these big audacious goals, then it really takes a lot to get there. And it takes a lot of reframing and a lot of mindset to just be able to flip that switch and say, if this, this, and this A, B, and C are not getting me to where I want to be, then why are they taking up space? Right. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that you don't ever have, you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of this whole hustle culture. And I understand if you're a 20 something and you want to hustle, hustle, hustle. I mean, I was hustling some shit when I was in my twenties too, right? I'm 42 years old now, right? I I've, I've been working since I was 14, the hustle culture. I'm not in that. That's not where I'm at. So I definitely am all about finding mm -hmm. some balance and being able to enjoy my life. And, you know, that's why my husband and I have worked so hard for the last, a lot of years, right? Almost 30 years. And so I, I'm not a fan of the hustle culture. I do believe that if I, I have this list of things that I need to get done today, they are a realistic list of things, or I have a running list of things for the week. And if I get this, this, and this done, then I know I have time to sit down and watch a show on Netflix, or I have time to listen to an audiobook. But I also know that, all right, I need to my alarm goes off at 7.30 to tell me to start getting ready for bed so I can wash my face, I can brush my teeth, I can read my book, I can take my sleep drops, all of my stuff so that I can be in bed because the non-negotiable for me is getting out of bed at 4.30 so I can be at the gym at five. And so these are the things that have to happen, but I have other goals in there too. And so, you know, making sure that you are scheduling your priorities and that you understand that they're, you know, leaving space for downtime, leaving space for self-care. All of those things are really, really important, but also recognizing that if I don't get this list of things done, then I'm not doing what it takes to be able to reach my goals. Then I'm just blowing smoke up my own ass. Basically. <laughs> Basically. All right. Let's move on to number three. So we want to keep this short and sweet. Um, all right. So the next thing was to make it difficult. And I, I kind of hinted on that when I talked about like removing things from your phone, removing things from your television. You talked about it when you said putting the remote in the drawer, um, make things hard, right? Make yep. things difficult so that you have to, it says to um, restrict your future choices, um, restrict your future choices to the ones that benefit you, right? And you know, that could be finding some kind of reward system or making things harder, making, um, increasing, creating barriers for yourself, right? Roadblocks mm -hmm. for yourself to make doing what you need to do easier than what you, what you want to do. Um, it says increase the number of steps between you and your bad habits. Um, and I wrote on here to make it difficult by creating obstacles. And so, um, it, it could really be any of those things, but, um, you know, if I'll go back to the smoking one, just because I feel like that's just such a great bad habit, <laughs> um, it's like the ultimate bad so, habit, <laughs> right? 
if you get rid of your cigarettes, you actually have to get up and leave and go to the store to buy new ones and they're not cheap, right? So get rid of everything that is associated with that. You got rid of your cue. You made it unattractive by convincing yourself and changing your mindset around the bad habits of that. But then now you also are creating an obstacle because you got rid of it. Now you have to go get more if you want to actually have that. So I think that that's really important part of this is, is understanding that you need to make it harder to make those bad choices than, or the choices that don't support your goals than to do the things that are comfortable for you. You need to make them uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for me, like this was a really big one. Um, back when I was making some pretty significant like nutrition choices and changes. Um, like I am one where I don't bring it into the house. If it doesn't support my goal, I don't bring it into my house because I'm not going to get up and go make a special trip for it. And it's really funny because like William was home. And so the kids got like, we're talking about Halloween and he was like, well, cause he's a, was the worst bringing giant bags of Halloween candy in like weeks before Halloween, just for them to like eat. And it would make me crazy. And mm-hmm. <laughs> last week they were in the store and they were like something about Halloween and like, we need to get candy. And he's like, well, I'm not going to be here for Halloween. And my eldest was like, we're so not getting candy this year. <laughs> like, because she knows. And I'm like, well, you're still going to get to go trick or treating. But I'm like, no, I'm not bringing in extra bags of Halloween candy just so that everybody can binge on a bunch of sugary candy. So it's, mm-hmm. for me, it's that it's, you know, and it's, it is something that I, you know, talk to clients about too, if we're in those beginning stages and it is a, and you know, that you do not have any self-control when it comes to some of those things, it's like, don't bring it into your environment. Like, because, right. you know, when you're, when it's, nine, 10 o'clock at night, especially here. Cause like nothing's open late. It's like, you're, you're going to have to work really hard to go get it. If that's what you're wanting. So again, you right. create an alternative too. you know? So for me, it's like, I don't keep candies and sugars and things like that in the house, but there's fruit in the house. So if you want something sweet, go get you some fruit out of the fridge or something like that. A scoop of peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. And so like, that is one of those things for me that it was like, I eliminating it from your environment is a really great way to make it difficult. And, and then almost then like it does it, I, it's almost twofold because then it is kind of more unattractive because you're like, I don't want to have to go through all of this process of trying to get it. Um, you know, and you have that time to take that pause to like not react in that moment, but give yourself some time to be like, do I really like, am I really wanting it? Like, what is it really that my body maybe is needing? Because it's not, you right. can't make that impulse decision of like, well, I really yeah, want right. that. And it's in my house and I can go get it right now. You have some time right. to kind of like sit in it for a minute and be like, you're when not going to go on your store. shoes and you're getting in yep. the car and you're driving yep. to the store. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, okay. So yeah, let's, so I do want to say one thing about that before I move on to the next one. And because you know, I, I do work in a space in a flexible dieting space, right? So Mm -hmm. that is where you really should be able to eat whatever you want and what you should be able to eat anything. I don't want to think about labeling foods as good foods and bad foods. And I know you and I have some, um, coming from a functional nutrition standpoint, 
you know, there's, there's definitely some things that um, hinder some processes in your body. And when it comes to me on a performance standpoint, and when it comes to really meeting some, some hard set goals, there are things that you may want to eliminate for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Whereas for you, it may be more of a long-term thing. Um, But I teach my clients that you can have a glass of wine. You can have a piece of chocolate. You can, um, if Starburst jelly beans are my jam, right? And so there's a, there's a place for that. I know it's terrible, <laughs> but no, I'm just but like, I'm not... of all the things, but listen, sweet tarts are mine. Like sweet tarts are yeah. my thing. If I bring a bag of sweet tarts into the house, I'm going to eat the entire bag probably in like two days. Like I'm going to literally probably give myself a bellyache before I, cause I'm just going to, cause in my mind, I'm like, okay, they're here. I need to just eat them all and get it out of my space because I'm not going to throw them right. away. You know? So and it's, that's the it's... thing is I, I don't want to. I am always really hesitant to tell anybody to completely remove something, right? But initially, when you're first working mm-hmm. on those goals and your self-control is lower, um, or when you, in in the beginning, sometimes your self-control is, hot, is hot, greater, right? So yeah. we get really motivated and we start seeing progress. And, but it's in those next couple of weeks or in, you know, at the end of that first week or the end of that second week. I always know that it's like a three or four day thing for me where I'm like, I am rocking it for three or four days and that three or four days hits and my body's like, all right, we need to talk. Yep. (laughs) So that's, that's when you need to prepare for that obstacle. You need to Mm -hmm. prepare that you are not always going to be mentally strong. And how do you prepare your environment for when that, when that time comes and you don't want to be you don't want to be trying to figure out how to prepare your environment when you're in a mentally weak state. Now, Absolutely. once we've once we've made tons of progress and we've worked on your mindset and we've worked on all those things, is there a time and a space to for me to be able to introduce to my client that, hey, maybe instead of buying a giant bag of sweet tarts, how about we get a snack size or a Halloween size and we have a serving of that or mm-hmm. a a York peppermint patty, right? I love a York peppermint patty. So we have one mm-hmm. instead of buying a bag of a whole bag of them, right? Or maybe, you know, you have a piece of one piece of individually wrapped dark chocolate with your glass of wine at night before you go to bed, right? After we've done all of these other things, this is how we work this balance into your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important. So I don't want any of you to think that, you know, we're in that I'm in the space of completely eliminating things. But when you're trying to break a habit, mm-hmm. we want to really make sure that we're prepared for that time when we may not be so disciplined. Um, all right. So the last thing is to make it unsatisfying. Casey, you talked about this earlier with accountability. Um Accountability partners are huge. They are huge. And especially in like a personal development space, it really is important to have somebody there that you that can say like, Hey, I know, I know I just saw you pick up those sweet tarts at the store, but that's not (laughs) supporting what you're doing. What are you doing? Right. Mm -hmm. But it needs to be somebody who doesn't have any skin in the game. Right. Um, Yeah. And then we talked about creating a habit contract, um, make the cost of your bad habits public and painful. And um, I was listening to a podcast the other day uh, from a, somebody who owns a, a larger nutrition company and nutrition coaching service. And she was talking about how if she didn't stick to her plan, 
then she would have to run a marathon and she hates running. And so Mm. that's how she made that contract with herself. If I don't do this, this, and this, then I'm going to do this. And so sometimes we think about contracts or we think about rewards for achieving something that you have that positive reinforcement, but sometimes something negative that we don't want to do, or not really punishment, but that you, you have something that would be pain, emotionally painful. I am running a marathon, physically painful. <laughs> but, um, but you know, that's what she didn't want to have to do that. So she made sure she stuck with the plan. She was super consistent and she met her goal and didn't have to run the marathon. And so I think that that's really important to be able to have those negotiations with yourself, but to also make them public because I can make a deal with myself and then not, and just be like, well, nobody else knows about that but me. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I put it out on social media or I put it out to a, a group that I'm working with, or have a, an accountability group where we're all working on something similar, being able to put those things into words and say, all right, if I, if I don't do this, this, and this, then this is what's going to happen. Um, and I do think back to, um, let me get ready for work. <laughs> um, I do, I do think back to, you know, um, I totally just lost my train of thought. Oh, well, it's okay. Um, but so anyhow, you had talked about accountability partners. What's something else that you feel like you could make, um, like, let's go back to your thing with Netflix or like just not completing like procrastination. Oh man. I'm the queen of procrastination. I am the queen of procrastination. It's funny. Like, so for me, I've, I've been in that mind, that, that space where it's literally like, I can make a deal with myself, but I'm the only person responsible for holding myself accountable. So like, really there is no accountability if you think about it, right? Cause it's just really like, yeah, I could say that I could do that, but then I could just simply not do it. Um, yeah. there was one example, um, in the book where, he talked about a guy who literally made it monetary. Right. And it was like, he had to like literally pay money and it wasn't like $25. It was $200 to do whatever, you know? And I'm like, so for me, like, even as I'm thinking through this, because there are things that my kids want to do and there's things that they ask for. And it like, are things that I don't really want. It's not what I want for them. It's not what I was for. So I'm like, for me, it's almost like helping them hold me accountable by basically saying, Hey, like, or for me being like it being where it's something that they would want that I don't really want to do. So therefore it's going to keep me accountable because like, I don't want to like put myself through, you know, if they want, like, maybe it's all right. If I watch Netflix or if I stay up past my bedtime, then tomorrow, you know, the kids get to go to the store and get to pick out candy or the kids get to do, you know, something like that where I'm literally like, it's almost like I need to have it to where it's going to like, because when they have that candy, it's going to make me crazy. And because Spencer especially really reacts to really reacts to candy and sugar and things like that. Like it, and he is one of those kids where it creates like a physical response to his behavior. Um, Right. So it's, maybe it's not even for me, it's less of like making it, um, Yes, that makes it, that makes it very unsatisfying for me, especially right now, because I'm solo parenting. And so that's going to make my life more difficult from a parenting perspective, which is where I really strive to 
create a lot of balance and peace and calmness mm-hmm. as much as I can. Um, but I think for one of the things in there, when it was talking about what, you know, going to that accountability, I think this is one area where we've talked about this a little bit too, but like finding your tribe, because it talked about that accountability, like you need to have people in your group, in your circle that are supporting, not only supporting you, but have kind of have similar goals and visions for their life. Because when you, when you are surrounding yourself with people who, if you're trying to hit some fitness and nutrition goals and you've got friends, your primary people that you hang out with are literally like just throwing caution to the wind and living their best life. And they have nothing, nothing about that is attractive to them. They they've never gone to the gym. They literally have no accountability for their food. It's going to make it really difficult for you to be able to stay on track and committed to your goals if you don't have that support system. So I think it's also the matter of like, yes, having some accountability to someone other than yourself and someone that is, you're really good. That's really going to hold you accountable, but also finding that group of people, or maybe it's a group of a couple that you can, that will run alongside you and that have, and that have some more goals and that are going to also hold you accountable, but keep you encouraged versus we all have them. Those friends that are like, it's totally fine. Like you never eat this kind of stuff, live a little, have this, have that, just have a bite. Can't yeah, and it's like pizza? I really like I really I really don't want to I don't want to do that. And I don't give into peer pressure a whole lot with things like that, but you know, if that's something that you really you are somebody that really does struggle with being able to say no to the people in your life that are not on well, the and same it's not even, path as you. Yeah, it's not even about saying no. Just imagine how isolating it is. And I've experienced this. So, you know, just like you, we move around a lot. And so you're always like hopping in and out of new friend groups and like making new, um, you end up in new groups of people. And Mm -hmm. so I've always been into fitness. Um, I had my first gym membership as soon as I could get my driver's license. So, um, fitness is, you guys hear my coffee in the background. Maybe, maybe not. Um, so I've always been into fitness, so it's not any surprise to anybody that that's what I'm doing, but, um, it, it's hard when you go to a new place to, you know, get immerse yourself into a community of other people who are into fitness and who are want to eat healthy and who are doing things. And so you're constantly kind of like not reinventing yourself, but you're constantly like reevaluating. And so when you get into these new groups of people, we had a, um, I several times have been involved when a, with a large group of people who were great people, they were fantastic, but their lifestyle didn't support my goals and it made me feel isolated. And it's like, all right, I have things in common with these people and they're really nice people. However, they don't, they don't get me. They don't understand. And so then there's a lot of, oh, that's really weird. And why are you like that? Why do you spend two and a half hours at the gym every day? And I'm like, because I like to, you know, why do you spend two and a half hours watching Netflix or binge drinking? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) but but it's so, yeah, it's so true. Right. Like I'm not no judgment. However, it's, it's like, you do you, but I'm going to do me. And I would like to be around other people who are doing similar things to me. And I just think that that's 
that's just such an important part of honestly it's about being older and being able to say you know you really are a nice person and i really do like you as a person and you know let's hang out at the at the party right we'll hang out at the event but i we just don't really our lifestyles don't match up and so mm -hmm. i don't it's just not my vibe and that's okay it doesn't mean they don't like you it just means that i would rather spend time with people who are like minded and that's that's a hard thing when you're a people pleaser right when you uh -huh, or yep. when you want people to like you right because yep. that was always my thing it's like i wanted everybody to like me well you know Absolutely. what i kind of don't care if everybody likes me anymore you know i i am who i am it takes a lot of energy to try to pretend to be something that you're not and you know i'm just not i'm just not here for it anymore um but that can we can have a whole nother podcast about that but I know. I'm like, I right, like well, we might have just found our next topic. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Find your trust. All right. So listen, we are we are rolling over 30 minutes here. So I would let's wrap it up. Um, I just wanted to real quick the, the four things. If you guys have not purchased this book, purchase the book. Casey and I both had this book in Audible or on you know audiobook. And I really like an audiobook especially for personal and professional development stuff like i it's almost like listening to a podcast to get pumped up and um, mm -hmm. i can listen to it and come in and out of it uh while i'm doing other things but for this book i'm really glad that i turned around and purchased the book because it's got a lot of things um you guys can't see it but i totally have like sticky notes and everything all over and inside this book i've highlighted inside of it so this is just really one that if you have a chance to purchase james clear's book mm -hmm. um do I can link, um, I can link his book in the show notes as well, but, um, how to break a bad habit. We talked about the four laws of breaking a bad habit were to make it invisible, to make it unattractive, to make it difficult and make it unsatisfying. Um, so I, I would love to open up some questions in here. If any of you guys are interested in, um, chatting about what your goals are, if you were interested in support or anything like that, feel free to comment. Um, reach out to Casey and myself on social media. We're at Self Care Project Podcast on Instagram. Um, either one of us in our social media or our email, just reach out to us and um, we're happy to chat about it. So, or if you have suggestions about a podcast, something that you would like for to hear us talk about, we would love to do that. So make sure you guys subscribe and we will see you guys back next week. Have a great day. Bye.